passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to, I mean, such an exciting day over here at the Autumn Miles Show. I'm so happy you're joining us. I'm thrilled to announce, thrilled to announce that we are starting a brand new series of one of the most asked questions I get of all time. Okay. The most asked questions. So because I get so many questions about this and we did a show last week that, that totally focused on questions. If you have not heard that show, go back and listen to the show because it's going to hope it might answer your question. I don't know. One of the biggest questions I get is how do I hear from God? How do I do it? So we're going to go there and I'm going to tell you five different ways that you hear from God. Now, I might condense it. Today, I'm going to talk about one specifically. I might condense it, but I, I I want this question in you to be answered based on the word of God. And I want you to feel confident in the fact that you have heard him when he speaks. Okay. So I'm thrilled about this. This one thing changed my whole life. I'll talk about that after the break, but um, we're starting that series today, today. So welcome, welcome to the series. What's happening in my life. Okay. So I don't know if there's any medical professionals out there. The funniest thing happened ever. I have to tell you, we talked in one of the the Q and a, the question and answer times, we talked about how, what, what do I like? Do I like fruit? No. I like what, what kind of dessert do I like? And Cassie asked me, would I go for chocolate or would I go for fruit? And I'm like, no, I don't like fruit. Fruit is like f- mushy, floppy fruit is disgusting to me. I hate it. Okay. But I do like salt. So rather than having that piece of pie, I'll have like chips or like popcorn. I'm a huge popcorn person. I love popcorn. Love movie movie theater popcorn. Sometimes I even send my husband to the theater to get popcorn and bring home. And he does it because he knows how much I love. It's like a love language of mine. Movie theater popcorn. We always get it 100% of the time. Anyways, so the other day, I don't eat a lot of chips just because, I mean, I just don't. But if I eat a chip, I'm eating one of two chips. The first one is Cheetos the Puffs. I think they're phenomenal. I literally think they're probably in heaven. They're no doubt in the Garden of Eden. They are one of the best <laughs> chip options out there. I love Cheetos Puffs. I, I just think they're delicious. I like them and my two little ones like them. Everyone else hates them in our family. So if there are puffs in our pantry, I eat them. Okay, so that's one option. The other option that I will venture towards is salt and vinegar chips. I love pickles. I love mustard. I love salt and vinegar. And the other day, I opened up my pantry and there was a glowing, it was almost angelic. <laughs> it was 
speaking to me. I had worked out so much because I like, anyway, I don't call it working out. It's actually therapy for my back, but it is actually working out. Okay. I have done so much of that that I had almost done a little too much. Like I was feeling like real weird. Like I was like, I need to eat something chippy. Right. So I go to my pantry and I open it and it's glowing. It's saying, eat me, eat me. Like it's just saying, saying that to me, you know. And so I pick up this bag of unopened chips. And is there anything better than an unopened bag of chips? Like there's just not. Like tell me what it is because there, it's not. It's like not a thing. Okay. So anyway, I take this bag of chips and I open it and I go back back on my porch and it was so nice. Thank God it wasn't like 30 below zero here. It was like in the 60s. And so I'm loving my life because this is this is the season to live in Texas right now. So I'm sitting there eating these chips and I like the side with the vinegar on them. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm eating them. I don't know how many I ate. Like I, I ate like a, a healthy portion. Like it wasn't like, you know, the whole bag because I can't do that. Cause then my stomach will hurt because I'm getting old, but I did eat, I don't know, 10 chips, something like that, like a healthy portion. And so I put the bag away and I notice all of a sudden my tongue feels super weird. It's like, what's going on with my tongue? Like it feels like burning. It's like my tongue is burning. Right. I eat these chips kind of chips all the time. I love them. Like I said before, it's never really happened like this before. I'm not thinking much about it because I have four kids. And let's be honest, who can focus on yourself when your kids are home from school? You can't do it. It's impossible. But later that night, I'm like sitting in bed going to bed. And I'm like, there is seriously something wrong with my tongue <laughs> because of these stupid chips. So I show Eddie my tongue and he's like, oh my gosh, it's bright red. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that's not good. So I go and I like, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my goodness. Next day I woke up, my tongue is sore. Like it's sore from the amount of vinegar and salt on these chips. And it's, it's much better. It's much better. But I realized that for some reason, that particular bag of chips had so much of like the, the, you know, the dusty flavoring on it that it literally singed every single taste bud off of my tongue. And my tongue was really weird for several days and it's just not getting back to normal. So that's what's happening in my world. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you just need to know that your girl over here has problems like that. Okay. After the break, we are going to talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. How do you hear from the Holy Spirit? We're starting a series all about hearing from God. I will see you in just a few seconds after the break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, here we go, guys. Back. I am on super mission today. Super mission. To help you understand how to hear from the Spirit of God, okay? Like I said in my opener, the next few weeks, we are going to focus on hearing from God. If you are like, I don't know if it's God or if it's bad pizza, I don't know if it's God or if it's myself, I don't know if it's God or if it's the devil, I'm hopefully going to give you some guidance for this. A lot of people, a lot of you guys have reached out to us, especially the Mind series last year. That was a really popular series that we did. And and it helped you guys a lot, just understanding and seeing from scripture what the scripture says about how to uh, renew your mind. Also, the Joshua series on when the new makes you nervous, also very popular. We're going to hit this head on. So invite a friend, share the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast if you can, so you'll get this update. I've got a couple podcasts in my own queue that I'm dying to listen to. I just haven't had the time to do yet. One in in, in particular, I'm like, I've seen the title and I'm like, oh, I need to hear that. So I'm going to listen to it today. Subscribe and just listen as you can. That's the beautiful thing about what we're doing. This is why, guys, we changed from doing radio for almost six years every day to podcasts because you can get it whenever you want it, all right? Okay, how do you hear from God? We all wanna hear from him. We all know he speaks because he does speak 100%. If you, if you, are, uh, if, if you grew up in a conservative background, you know, you know he speaks from his word, of course. If you grew up in a more um, charismatic background, you know he speaks from his spirit. <laughs> but there's a lot of different ways he speaks. I'm going to focus on five. I'm not saying that this series is going to be specifically five weeks long. And I think that's maybe too long for a series. But I am going to give you five different ways. Today, I'm focusing on the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. I have said this multiple times, you guys, so many times. 20 years ago, I took one entire year to hear from the Spirit of God, to learn what the Spirit of God felt and sounded like to me. The Spirit of God have has saved my tiny, I don't even know how many times, because I learned to listen and to hear what the Spirit of God was telling me. When I know He's speaking, then I can act on His words, okay? I liken the Spirit of God's voice, this is the best way I can describe it, as a knowing. Okay. It's not just a hearing. It is a knowing. 
the spirit of God speaks to your spirit and there is information that the spirit of God gives you that you know is truth, okay? That is the best way I can describe it, okay? Now, does my mind try to play tricks on me? Absolutely. Does the enemy come in and tell me like, you know, little lies and, you know, temptations and stuff like that? 100% absolutely. But I learned 20 years ago how it felt for me to hear from God by his spirit. I took one year and before I even get into my text, which there are many, I want to tell you this is a good idea for you to do if you don't have any clue what God's spirit sounds like to you. This is a good idea. It's one year. Here's the deal. You do you, you could do it in a month. If you get it in a month, fantastic. I'm just a little bit more hard-headed and I needed a year, okay? Because I wanted to know that I know that I know. I practiced asking God to speak And then I needed to confirm that he did speak. I would ask God for something and he would tell me something and then I would confirm it. I asked the spirit of God to interact with my life until I knew that he was doing it. All right. I did it for a year. It might not take you long. Maybe you're like all up in the spirit and the spirit is all over you. And you're like, this episode is not for me, but most people it is for take a year learn what the spirit sounds like. I want to take you to John 14, six, God, I just want to say this for anyone that's like, God doesn't speak through his spirit anymore. Yes, he does. Okay. I love you. God bless you. You're wrong. He does speak through his spirit. Okay. His spirit was a gift from God to us. All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's go to John 14. And I want to read this verse to you. The Spirit of God was actually answered prayer of Jesus. Listen to this text. Jesus, red letter, is saying in John 14, 16, I will ask the Father. And he, listen, I will ask. So Jesus is asking the Father (laughs) for help for us. (laughs) I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So the spirit was an answered prayer of Jesus. Pentecost happened in Acts. It was actually an answered prayer of Jesus. Okay. Was the spirit always around? Absolutely. He was. But I just think the way Jesus put this is so interesting because Jesus wants you to hear from the spirit of God too. He wants you to have help in your life. And he's telling everyone this now. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever, which tells us the spirit of God does not leave us ever, 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 ever. Verse 17, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And this is a beautiful thing that he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, I love how Jesus takes on the the paternal responsibility here and says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to leave you without help, without guidance. I'm not going to do that to you. 
I'm going to come to you in the form of a spirit is basically what he's saying. Okay. Now I want to go over to verse 26, John 14, 26, because I want you to hear more about the spirit, but the helper, and then he calls him the Holy Spirit whom the father will send, which he did send. We know from Acts, day of Pentecost in my name. This is what the spirit's job is. Now there is, there's more to the spirit of God, but I want to focus on this. He will teach you, teach you. He will teach you in all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So the spirit of God is our helper. He helps us, guys. Do you need help? What do you need help in? Parenting? (laughs) And all the moms said, yes, please, God. Yes. Do you need help in your marriage? You got a helper. Do you need help in your finances? You got a helper. Do you need help in your job? You got a helper. Do you need a help in your leadership position because you literally have no idea what to do? You've got a helper, okay? So I want you to understand how significant the Holy Spirit is. A lot of us go to help for, and and none of these things are wrong. We go to help for a trusted friend or a parent or something like that. And all of those things are right. Like I'm not saying do any of that. But the role of the Spirit, when Jesus used the term helper, it is a broad, almost a broad brush swipe. He is saying, this is basically what the spirit does. He's going to help you in all things. Okay. It gets really specific when you talk about prayer and stuff like that, him going before the throne and interceding on your behalf and all that kind of stuff, which is in the scripture as well. But Jesus, the simplest way I can put it is he is your helper. And he is to uh, John 14, 26. He is to teach you in all things, all things, all things. What do you need advice in? He will teach you in all things, all things, everything. That means everything. That means all things, everything, 100%. So what do you need help in? And if you do need help today, you have a helper to guide you, okay? Now, we know he speaks. This is red letter straight from Jesus's mouth. I hear some people, the spirit doesn't speak. What? Well, like what, who are you listening to? It's definitely not in the Bible. Okay. The spirit definitely speaks. I want to give you an example of what happens when the spirit speaks and someone is confused. Okay. I think very specifically because we know that the helper does speak and the helper is definitely Inter- uh, wants to guide you and wants to lead you, but sometimes we do not know if it's God or if it's bad food, right? Let me give you an example. And I thank you, Jesus, for giving me this example, because this is going to humanize that confusion of, I don't know if I'm hearing from God or not. Now, I'm going to read to you out of First Samuel. Out of First Samuel, I need to preface who this dude was. I talked a couple of months ago about Hannah giving thanks for Samuel. Samuel was a prophet who Hannah, who could not have children, God opened her womb. She's the one that Eli thought she was drunk at the temple, crying, screaming, like, God, give me a baby. Give me a baby. God answered her through the prophet Eli and said, I'm going to give you a son. Well, she had that son. His name was Samuel. Okay. He is the 
one of the greatest prophets of all time. Clearly, we have a couple books that, you know, are named Samuel in the Bible. Samuel was so great that he anointed King David, who Jesus came from the bloodline of David, okay? That's how great this guy was. When Samuel was anointing David, Samuel, listen to what I'm saying, had to listen to the Spirit of God in order to anoint the right son of Jesse. You can look all of this up in the scripture. I've, I don't have the time to go walk you through this. The Spirit of God told Samuel, this is not it. This boy's not it. Samuel knew he was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons, but Jesse, David's father, did not invite David to the anointing ceremony. So David wasn't even there when Samuel went to anoint them. I'm saying all this for a reason. Samuel had to know that he knew that he knew the spirit of God and his voice. When there was a man that came of the sons of David, God said, that's not it. Next boy, that's not it. Next boy, that's not it. Next boy, that's not it. And if you go to the story of the anointing of David, Samuel looks to Jesse and says, are these all your sons? Because none of these are it. How did Samuel know that? He knew that because the spirit of God was saying, not it, not it, not it, not it, not it, not it. And he ran out of brothers. So Jesse said, oh, yes, there's one more boy, but he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, we are not going to sit down until he comes. And Samuel then anointed David. That is Samuel in his heyday of hearing from the spirit. I actually feel the spirit on this message right now. That's Samuel in his heyday. Samuel is saying this, I know from the spirit of God that none of these boys are who's supposed to be the king of Israel. Where's the boy? Because there's another one. The spirit of God told him this, but this, this, what I'm getting ready to read you is the genesis of Samuel hearing from the spirit of God. Listen to what it says. First uh, Samuel three. Now the boy Samuel, first Samuel three, one. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It happened at that time, Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. Verse three, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. Listen to the text. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. Eli's like, what are you, what are you talking about, boy? <laughs> I didn't call you. Samuel thought Eli called him. And in fact, it was the spirit of God. Go lie down. So he went and he lay down. The Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. My son, lie down again. 
Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him yet. Okay. So Samuel is young. He, God is speaking to him for the first time. Like he, this is it. Okay, this is this is the genesis of him hearing from God. Verse eight. So the Lord called to Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you say, speak. Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood. I love this. Ah, the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And it goes on and on. Okay. I want, I wanted to tell you guys this specific story of Samuel, and I wanted to encourage you that you're not the only one that gets the voice of God confused, okay? I want to show you what it's like when you are hearing from God and you're confused from where it comes from. Samuel thought, I mean, yes, Samuel thought, oh, I hear God. I hear someone calling my name. It must be Eli because this is foreign. I've never heard anything like this before. It's different. It's authoritative. It's definite. So I'm going to go to the authoritative definite source in my life to see if that's who called me. And he was wrong. Okay. Hearing from God is confusing. I want to just tell you hearing from God is 100% confusing. This is what Samuel did practically. He went first. If you think you've heard from God, which Samuel was hearing from God, he just didn't know it was God. He was confused. He thought it was Eli. If you have heard from God or you think you're, you're, you have heard from God, this is what Samuel did first. He went to a trusted source in his life. He did not go to Facebook. He did not go to TikTok. He did not go to any of these places. He did not go to his friend that hasn't opened a Bible in seven years, okay? He went to a trusted source. I'm here. I'm here. Eli, according to the text, discerned that it was God who was speaking to him. He discerned. When you go to a trusted source, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, I think God wants me to do this. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, I'm always so scared when someone says that to me because I'm like, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm so scared. But the spirit of God typically will give me a direction for that person if they're seeking the will of God for their own life. And if God's already speaking to them, a lot of times he'll confirm it through me. A trusted source is the first place you go. What am I hearing? Eli said, ah, go ask again and listen. That's the first thing. If you think you have heard from God, find a trusted, biblically, I cannot stress this enough, biblically grounded, trusted, respected person and ask them. Who, who actually talks about the spirit of God? Some people don't even talk about the spirit of God, which I don't even understand. Ask them. 
what Eli told him to do was exactly great advice. Good job, Eli. He said, go lay down. And if you hear it again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went to a trusted source. The second thing he did was he laid down and he said, when the Lord came to him, when the Lord came to him, he said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, I want to say something really specific about this. When you hear, think you hear from God, that is not the time for you to zone out and call everyone. It's the time for you to zone in and say, what do you want to tell me, Lord? Speak, Lord. Notice that God didn't speak to Samuel until he was ready to listen, okay? We see this in Moses as well, the burning bush. God didn't speak to Moses until Moses was ready to listen. So trusted source, the second one would be, if you think you've heard from God, ask him to speak and you've got to listen. Okay, I think I'm hearing something. Then when you're listening, God steps forward and actually tells you things. That is the formula straight out of God's word that Samuel used to help him. Samuel was confused at first, but this is how you start, you guys. This is how you start right here. Super basic. It's so easy. It's hard. It's so easy to hear from God because God doesn't want you to miss it, that it is hard. Okay. We get confused. We get frustrated. We get whatever because we don't know who is talking to us. This is the time to shut out every distraction whatsoever. And what is, what are you hearing in your spirit? Okay. That's one example for you that I think will really, really help you. I want to give you one other guy who is pretty famous that will help you as well. Let me just glance over my notes. Yes. I I just want to make sure I'm I'm getting all of them. I want to take you to a, a New Testament example and then we'll be done. All right. Acts 9, we all know this story. Uh, Most of us know this story. The Spirit of God spoke again, and this person was confused. Okay, he was confused. Acts 9, 1 says this, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that he, if he found anyone belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Listen, as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice, a voice. He heard a voice. He didn't know who the voice was. And it said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, if you look up the meaning of that verse, it actually, uh, Lord, it's actually, in a, th- a lot of people are called Lords back then. This is actually capitalized in my Bible. My, my study, in my study, it was an authoritative word. So he knew that someone was getting his authority. He was calling on the Lord. He just didn't know it was the Lord, Lord, right? He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, it was the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God that was talking to him. Get up 
Enter a city, and it will be told to you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. Here's another example, guys. Another example of someone not having a clue who was speaking to them. He even said, who are you? Lord, when Saul said, who are you? Who is, who are you? Jesus identified himself instantly in Acts 9, 5. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Both of these men, incredible men, right? Samuel, the genesis of his relationship with the spirit of God acts. This is Paul's genesis of the relationship of his spirit of God with the spirit of God. And and now we know like, like this is is absolutely so amazing because both of these men who were incredible men were confused at first. They had to ask, they had to do the work of asking the Lord stopping talking, stop receiving everything from everyone and actually listening to the knowing of the spirit of God speaking to them. Both of them were exactly the same. I tell you both of these to encourage you to start this process. If you've not heard from the Lord or you don't know how or whatever, I just gave you 20, 26 minutes and 16 seconds of hearing from the Lord via the spirit. I heard from the Lord distinctly 20 years ago for the first time, tell the story all the time. It was so authoritative in me that it was undeniable. That started my year journey. Just the other night, you guys, like I I listen to the spirit all the time. My husband looks at me and he's like, how do you know this stuff? And I'm like, I do not know. (laughs) How do you know? You don't know. You just say something. It's exactly what needs to be said or asked or whatever. And the Lord does it. I don't even know sometimes how I know what I know. I just know. I also have the gift of prophecy. So my, my, I woke up in the middle of the night last week and two weeks ago. And the Lord said, go and pray over one of your sons. I got up. Instantly, just like Samuel, I got up instantly, went into my son's room, stood there, prayed over him and just prayed. I didn't know what to pray. All I all I knew was pray, just pray, 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 pray. Two hours later, my son got up and he, he, he was in so much pain because of his ear. He had an ear infection that he was sobbing in our room. I didn't know that that was happening. He was perfectly fine when he went to bed. Only the spirit of God knows that. A couple of days ago, this is how I live my life, you guys. A couple of days ago, one of my kids walked in my room and they they were telling me something. And instantly in that second, God said, ask them this question. And so I did. And Eddie's looking at me like, what are you doing? And it ended up being an hour long conversation with this particular child of mine who was just having questions about, you know, the Lord. And it was, it opened up just a beautiful dialogue between me and this child. 
I mean, there has been times when I've called people and there's been times when I've sent emails. There's been times when I've, I just knew that God was speaking. There's times that the spirit has come in and corrected me and said, you need to apologize for this. You were wrong in this area. The spirit of God is truly your helper. He will help you. Whatever it is that you're facing, he will help you. And I want you to know that this vital relationship is needed in your life. It's worth the work. It's worth the investment because it literally will completely radically change your life. So those are some some things I wanted to tell you. Next week, we're going to talk about hearing from God's word from his word. That's what I got for you today. I will catch you after the break with a question from one of you. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, here I'm back with a question from one of you guys. This question, I'm not like a huge super fan of for a lot of different reasons. Just, you know, you kind of answer it and it's like, it can be confusing. This is the question. I don't know the context of this question. So I'm reading it like, like, like it was sent. It says this, my friend's pastor told her that sickness came upon her because she was weak in her faith and should have prayed more. What does the Bible say about when, how, and why suffering happens to believers? I really appreciate this question. I think a lot of us have this question. This would be like a series, honestly, for me to answer it. Maybe we'll make it a series. It's very hard for me to answer this directly, instantly. I don't know the context of what is happening. I will say this. I My dad has had three heart attacks and has heart disease and is one of the most godly men that I know. My brother has gotten in a wreck where he almost died and is one of the most godly men that I know. Lots of, lots of friends have passed away from cancer and they're some of the most godly people I know. Uh, My grandfather got lung cancer and was one of the most godly men that I knew. I don't think having more faith and praying more is comforting. (laughs) I don't think it's good advice. I don't think it's biblical advice because even people in scripture had all the faith in the world. You look at Job. 
Let me take you to Job. Job was chosen to suffer, to test his faith by God himself. He had all the faith in the world. He was a righteous man. He was a godly man. And yet he was chosen to suffer. The interesting thing about this, and I will tell you, is Satan, the devil, the enemy, is the one that brought the sickness, the loss, and everything on to Joseph. It was allowed to, uh, I'm sorry, Job, Job. It was allowed to happen to him to actually test his faith. Again, I don't know the context of this question, but I certainly have never looked at someone and said, you're sick because you haven't prayed and you don't have enough faith because giant men of faith have died. I mean, died. Bad things have happened as a result of the fall in Genesis. So that would be kind of my question, my answer, a short answer to this question. A longer answer is if you look into the Old Testament, you know, we see, I, I watch Frasier all the time. And one of the things that Frasier, I love, I think Frasier is hilarious, probably because I did radio for so long and he was a radio host. But one of the things he talks about in one of the episodes is he made a deal with God and he was scared to break this deal because he didn't want God to kill him. And one of the characters in the show was saying, you know, you think God would really do that? And he was like, have you read the Old Testament? He's ruthless. That's actually precisely what he says. I've seen that episode a lot. And I always chuckle at that. If you go to the Old Testament, God did allow sickness to come on people. But it was a last resort, okay? So let me let me just blanket statement this. God can do what he wants. I do not believe a pastor telling someone you're sick because you should have prayed more or you should have had more faith is the God that I serve, okay? I just would never tell somebody that because I see he is great in compassion, great in grace. And at the end of the day, too many of the godly people in my life have got sick and passed away or gotten sick. And they had the greatest faith that I'd ever I, I, they modeled faith for me. So personally, I wouldn't sit under that pastor any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would find someone else and I would really take comfort in the story of Job where Job did have all the faith and God allowed, he did allow his faith to be tested so that we can be encouraged today by the book of Job. So that would be my answer. Again, this question is super deep and I could take years on it, but you guys wanted an answer to it. So there's my answer. I hope you guys have the best day ever. Let me pray us out. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that your spirit is our helper. I pray for that person today that is struggling to hear you, doesn't know what you sound like, is desperate to hear you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you engage with that person's life, that you encourage them greatly. Lord, I pray that you would absolutely revolutionize their faith through your spirit. We love you. We trust you. We ask you to continue to bless this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. I will see you next week. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 